You're going live. Okay, thank you. Hey everybody, it's your girl Tanya. Happy Friday. I just wanted to say hello and I'm gonna hop on my Facebook right now. Um, that way I can see questions. Make sure if you're in here, make sure you throw up your name, make sure you say hey. That way I know you're in here and I can say hey back. Um, we have a special guest tonight. Um, Mike Wise is gonna be joining us here in the Zoom room. And um, I'm gonna be talking with him. He's an amazing guy. Uh, Bobby, I'm not sure if he's in there yet or not. Let me pull up my Facebook. Sorry, guys. Okay. Let's yes, see. he's in there. Do you want to start with him now? Yeah. Go ahead and bring him on in. I don't know how long he can stay, so. Hey. Oh, I don't know if he's uh, if he's muted. Can't hear him. Hold on, guys. He's trying. To... Hey, Tanya. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm trying to figure out how to use this. <laughs> so Mike's new to Zoom, guys. And Deb at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's exactly what we So how are you, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Uh, don't mind all this stuff hanging out of my face right now. I'm getting ready to go in no, for another good. surgery. So, uh, no you know that. Yes. So, everyone, <coughs> this is Mike Wise. He, I have known Mike for probably, what, two or three years now. Um, he was one of the first guys who believed in me, who believed in my story, who took the time to read my message to him and, you know, and he put my video out there for the world to see. And today we all, we're almost up to 400,000 views, Mike. I'm oh, so excited. I'm so excited. Like we're, you know, we're getting it out there. We're making an impact, but <laughs> everybody knows about me. So let's talk about Mike. So Mike, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what started this journey for you and what you're doing now? Uh, yeah, I do a lot of different things. So just stop me or ask me questions along the way, however you want, and I'll figure out where to start. Um, I guess I've been a cannabis consumer, you know, a, a smoker since freshman year of high school. Um, so that was right around... 2001 okay. um, and back then um, I had issues but I didn't really kind of know what they were um, let's see if this gets a little more light and um, so I was smoking pretty frequently um, when I went to college um, I started to consume quite often I was smoking you know, once an hour, maybe smoking, smoking, smoking a lot. And, um, you know, even today, I, I might still have some unanswered explanation on, on why I can smoke kind of frequently and others cannot. Um, but 
I have always been a huge consumer and I guess I've always, I'm an athlete. I've always been an athlete. Um, I used to travel around the world for skateboarding. And so um, I was doing a lot of damage to my body, um, falling down on the cement hundreds of times per day, um, over and over and over. Um, and so doing this, you know, in college, I eventually tore my ACL, uh, my LCL, my PCL, um, blew my meniscus out toward that. Um, so I had to get a full knee replacement in college. Um, I was jumping over nine stairs and a handrail and I was doing a 180 and I landed without the board, just my feet straight, kind of locked. And so since, since my knees didn't do the like bend you're supposed to do, I landed straight and it just kind of blew out like that, um, kind of direction it's not supposed to go. And, um, and, uh, I guess that along with kind of having anxiety pretty frequently um now i'm starting to look into the possibility of being on the spectrum um, when it comes to autism and um maybe that could be a possible explanation of why i need to smoke so frequently and i don't feel it like other people um feel the high effects and um so i guess you fast forward kind of past college um I went to jail for having cannabis in Texas. Um, It's a huge crime now. It was a huge crime back then. Um, Maybe once or twice you could get away with a slap on the wrist. But every time I get into an interaction with police, I tend to um, emphasize my rights. And they tend to emphasize how much they can take them from me at any moment for any time. Um, so quite frequently I got jailed. I would say I went to jail 12 to 15, maybe 18 times in Texas. Uh, and so it got to a point where the judge uh, wanted to throw the book at me because I've been going to jail so much. And I was speaking out about cannabis. I was speaking out about civil rights, uh, houseless issues within the community, inmate rights. Um, a lot of things that um, kind of the, the status quo there in Austin Texas didn't want people to speak out about or if they did want you to speak out about it they would only allow you to speak out on their terms in their area in a polite way you know so someone like myself who kind of the season injustice and has to speak out about it as loud as I can um, is a problem to to law enforcement and to the you know the, the stability the the status quo and uh, hegemony if you will there in the in the city and state and um so went to jail for having cannabis um after that was done after about two years i even had to go to state hospitals because they were telling me that i was uh, mentally incompetent to stand trial so they were keeping me in uh psychiatric wards um with truly insane people for months at a time along with being stuck into solitary confinement and jail Um, for months at a time um, where I couldn't get any mail. Um, My mail, outgoing mail was read and not delivered. My incoming mail was read and not delivered to me. Um, I was denied commissary. So even though I had funds in my account to pay for food, they wouldn't, food, soap, um, toothpaste, um, extra stuff like that. um, They wouldn't allow me to purchase it. 
Um, I was on 24 hour lighting every day. I got to go out of my cell for one hour per week and I couldn't go outside. I can only go take a shower d during this time. Um, and it was in, I had to be inside the whole time. Um, and so I kind of just did that. There's kind of a story behind how I got out a few months earlier than I should have. Um, my father's an attorney and I know the law very well. He didn't help me, but, but, um, knowing the law got me out uh, a few months earlier than I was supposed to. Um, all of this happened to while being only charged. So I was not convicted of a crime. I was only charged of a crime and I was being held in prison in state uh, psychiatric facilities uh, just for being charged. They wouldn't let me go out on a bond. Um, <clears throat> and so they kind of just basically wanted to, to keep me there until I would stop talking, you know, until I, appeared submissive and um, not boisterous, you know. Um, and so when that was over, I got I left to Colorado once I finished all of that and got out of jail. And that's kind of where everybody knows me or knows my story from the beginning is, is they kind of know me just from Colorado. They don't know much about me before Colorado. And um, so in Colorado was when I when I moved there it was in 2014, uh, I got to just really meet a lot of local patients and growers. I was holding meetings um, for patients who could come. There are free events and you could come talk to other patients in this network and see, oh, well, I have this disease and I'm using, you know, this strain, whatever. We kind of thought it was a strain thing back then. Um, we didn't really know much about RSO or high THC oil. Um, but I would find out about it by, by just talking to so many people. Eventually I found out about it. I got to talk to a lot of growers. So my growing skills got, got better quickly. Um, and that's when I kind of found out that one of the main reasons I've been consuming cannabis so frequently and smoking is because of Crohn's disease, which is like a, a, a disease um, most people can't see. And you you appear healthy, but um, but they don't see you when you're not healthy. <laughs> and so I frequently would have to spend you know half my day in the in the restroom. Um, normally on the throwing up end, I didn't have as many problems. Luckily, on the um, on the number two end, but I was vomiting quite frequently. Um, I could never hold a meal down. I could never eat more than a quarter of my meal if I was lucky. Um, <clears throat> at the worst times, I was getting two to four hours per sleep at night, and um, I would be vomiting blood when I would vomit. And um, it wasn't much blood, but it was blood. And it was just uh, the kind of the only thing that would help would be um, smoking or um and eating if I ate every frequently, you know, small amounts. Um, but it really was no way to live. Um, no. Not at all. <laughs> and I guess I'll just, just try to go as fast as I can. And so we oh, fast God. forward again and good. we could go back and touch on anything if you want later. You're good. And, we're good. You know, we're just learning. We're just listening. Go for it. <laughs> uh, and then so I was filming a movie in Colorado um, for another person who had Crohn's disease, Colton Turner. Um, 
And that's kind of when I found out that I had the same exact symptoms he was dealing with and uh, mine were worse. He, he was healthy, you know, cause he was in remission um, from taking a tincture. And that's when I kind of found out about RSO, high THC cannabis oil and how it's effective for treating cancer, curing cancers. Um, and there's been success. Many people report success on this. So, you know, just like anyone else, I just went on the internet and this is how I found out about it. I found out about a man named Rick Simpson who, um, who had given away the oil. <laughs> he had given the, away the oil for free in his community in Nova Scotia. And um, because of this, he was kind of touted everywhere because the local news stations were covering this. You know, he was speaking out about it and saying, hey, I'm curing people with cancer. Why is this not legal? You know, and eventually he got busted uh, for growing and kind of uh, evicted, if you will, out of the whole country and put in a, I'm blanking on the word right now, but uh, sent out of the country, you know, for all intents and purposes. And he was living in Croatia. So I was, I was filming this movie about Colton. I heard about RSO and cancer. And I was like, well, you know, if this stuff is strong enough to heal and treat the the most deadliest diseases that we know about, the cancers, I wonder what they do for Crohn's disease. I wonder what this oil could do for that. And so that's kind of when I got in contact with Rick and flew to Croatia to interview with him. And like this meeting him in person, I haven't really talked about this with anyone, um, but meeting oh, him. Oh my God, I feel so special, <laughs> Well, it was, it was like, um, this meeting for the first time was very powerful. I felt very energized. Um, he's a very enthusiastic individual. Um, he's very passionate about this cause. And so he was the one who really, I, if it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't still be pushing cannabis activism as much as I am today you know and 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 being cannabis as as my main activist time consuming duty you know i spend most of my time on cannabis i'd probably be spending it on um on other issues um you know there's not as much focusing as much time but he was very um convincing and um very knowledgeable and so to spend I spent about 10 days uh, around Thanksgiving. Uh, it was during Thanksgiving in 2016 in Croatia. And we went to Slovenia. And we just filmed a lot. And so a lot of stuff in my, I released Rick and Me, the movie, <clears throat> um, kind of about my journey with Crohn's disease and meeting Rick. And a lot of what I filmed is not in there. Originally, I was, I was filming... I plan to film kind of the updated version of Run From The Cure and tell more about Rick and Rick's story and kind of the updated, um, you know, what's going on with him since since the last one. Because Run From The Cure, the documentary about Rick came out in the, in the 90s, I believe. So I kind of wanted to give an update. <clears throat> but um, in order to do that properly, I just needed more funding than I was going to get. Um, so I kind of just turned this into a project where I can give my perspective and, um, tell my story at the same time 
of of updating the public with what Rick's been up to and, and how he's been doing. Um, so I, I feel like I released that movie for free on April 20th of this year. Uh, just this week, we started submitting it to film festivals and we got our first acceptance. We got our first official um, entry acceptance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, the, so hopefully I so far I've applied to about 23 which is quite a lot um, I'm hoping I can get into all of them uh, the big one is Sundance I, Sundance was the one uh, that I'm as a I'm super critical of myself as a filmmaker I don't know if I got what it takes for Sundance but I think we're going to get into all the other ones and it's going to be super awesome um I would just want to reach more people. I'm pretty um, connected in the cannabis community. So I want to now reach to more different communities that, that aren't so knowledgeable about cannabis. I've been doing a lot of expos this year that are cannabis expos, but um, hundreds of people per day come up to me at these things because I have a booth there and I sell oil. And um, they ask they, they've never, a lot of them, they never even heard about cannabis or, well, they, they've heard about it, but not for using it, for treating a condition, you know? So I get to really interact with a lot of individuals, you know, a lot, a lot of them are over 60, over 70 years old, I would say. Uh, so many different cultures. I, uh, I, I'll hire uh, a local um, employee. So she can like speak the language. So no matter where we go, I get to talk with people in all these different languages and kind of tell them about um, all the, the benefits, you know, and um, some people I'll talk with them for 30 minutes or even maybe up to an hour and I don't sell them anything. You know, I'm just there to, um, just to talk. And um, of course we sell stuff and, but I have Valerie helps me and, uh, and uh, try to get an employee or two. But um, besides that, the final thing I've been doing lately, I would say, of note, of, of uh, importance is getting back into riding and competing professionally. Um, so skateboarding kind of did a number on my knee. I had to do two surgeries. The second one you're actually probably familiar with, but many of your listeners may not be. Um, besides the reconstruction, I later had to have a high tibial osteotomy. Um, so they basically saw sawed out a part of my bone um, to prevent me from going bow-legged is kind of the um, the reason I was given. And I, I also blew out the reconstruction that they, that they did. So currently I don't have anything in there. I don't have an ACL. Um, it's just um, the strength of my muscles keeping me up in my knee. And so now I transition from riding on the, on the cement so frequently and professionally to riding on the water, which is a lot less impact on my knee. And I still get to have all the thrills. And so, um, Mike, what uh, number are you ranked in the world? Um, I am somewhere around fifth right now, actually. Um, I was reading about world. it. Oh, yeah. And, and so a sport's called wake skating. And so kind of the way I can describe it to, to the public who might not be familiar with it is it's a, it's combining kind of skateboarding and wakeboarding. And so if you don't know what wakeboarding is, you're behind a boat being pulled uh, on the water. 
And so in, on a wakeboard, you have some bindings that keep your feet locked in. On a wake skate, you have no bindings and you just have a flat board and you get to wear some skate shoes and uh, you get to flip the board around and do all sorts of cool stuff like that. That's amazing. That's cool as hell. I'd break my so, neck. That's what I've been up to in my story, kind of. <laughs> well, that's amazing that you're, you know, um, you make such an impact on everybody, you know, everybody that watches your um, videos, you know, I was just going through them earlier today, you know, I, I sat down and I was going through them, you know, and you show cannabis and like, um, and different illnesses, you know, to the world, you know, it's not just one illness, it's just not cancer. It's not just, you know, one thing or another. It's look like, listen to this. He has, um, doc, he has um, videos on his channel about diabetes, Crohn's, lupus, cancer, Parkinson's, Lyme, anxiety, depression, fibro, seizures or ep epilepsy, um, autism, MS. I mean, there's, and the list goes on and on and on. And the proof is here. The proof is there for everybody to see. And that's why I do these uh, videos. And, you know, I take everybody on the ride with me because I want everybody to see what it does for me. You know, I'm just not some hothead that sits in my basement all day and, just, and, I, and I sit on my couch and eat Doritos all day. It's nothing like that. You know, some of the cannabis, the cannabis community is the most giving, caring community um, the smartest community I've ever been a part of, you know what I mean? The smartest people, you know, I look up to you so much, Mike, um, for what you do. I wish I could be, you know, as strong as you and, you know, have that voice that you have and to really, you know, people really, really listen to you. Um, you make a big impact. You made a big impact on my life, you know, for sure. And thousands, hundreds of thousands of others, you know, you're just you're amazing. So Thanks. thank you. Thank it's you. Thank great you. to hear that. Yes. You're, you're, you're great. Um, what else was I going to say? Let's see. Um, so, oh, you, you make, you made, um, I saw a video on there about making oil with Mike. So oh, you yeah. teach people how to make oil um you like you talked about you know you fight for prisoners and their rights you fight for the law you know the constitution you know all you know the law that way um you don't just do cannabis you know what i mean you just don't fight for cannabis you fight for all kinds of things so people need yeah. to know that too well what you end up when you really go down the rabbit hole like they like to say um but when you really go down and do your research you find out that this is all kind of connected you know and it's uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's connected you know cannabis is is illegal it's not illegal by accident a lot of people um who i kind of refer to as advocates um as opposed to activists spend the majority of their time trying to convince legislators in their area um to legalize this plant and a lot of these people, and I love them. So this is not a knock in any way, shape, or form, because I was one at one time. I was at this stage. But um, politicians, in my opinion, are paid to keep it illegal, are paid to, to placate to us, are paid to kind of pretend to listen um, and do absolutely nothing. The only thing they do in real life is make life harder for us by making laws that benefit corporations and harm citizens 
Um, and this, I guess one thing I want to mention is a lot of people, they always, when it comes to cannabis, especially, they want to make new laws, which to me makes no sense. Everyone says, let's pass this new law, Amendment 20 or Amendment 64 or, or whatever. Um, I can't think of the other one. New Zealand's doing a referendum right now. Um, Oklahoma just passed uh, something. But all of these, these, these legalization laws, are they're making new laws. And so what they're doing is they're criminalizing, even though some people might now be able to access cannabis legally, they're continuing to criminalize it for others. And this is a huge problem to me. Um, it's, it's upsetting and it's frustrating. And so if you don't know this by fighting on the front lines, you think, oh, America's legalized cannabis and Canada's legalized cannabis and everything's great. But people are still going to jail every single day. And I've been to jail. And it's not a place that you want to be. It's not a place that anyone should be except these crooked politicians who are passing these laws, honestly. Um, so it's, it's just kind of, for me, it's, it just all comes down to how far you want to go with it. Do you want to try to reform the system or do you think it needs to be completely changed and, you know, scrapped and, and started over? Because um, kind of this, I guess the best way I could put it is that I've, I, am a scholar first and foremost um a lot of people they'll ask me oh well what political affiliation are you or whatever i say i'm a scholar you know i'm i'm reading and i'm learning about it and the more you look into history you'll see that hundreds of thousands of people before us spent the majority of their time advocating to politicians to try to change something which is still not changed you know um people have given their lives um, fighting and dying in movements. Um, even today, people die in protests um, by getting run over, you know, or whatever, you, getting shot in the head with tear gas. Um, people are dying for causes which are, they're all connected. It's all, it all, it's all connected. And that, that's when, what I want to fight for and preserve when it comes to cannabis is is the counterculture, you know, the culture that existed before my time. And I can only read about in the 60s and 70s where, um, you know, cannabis was, was associated with the hippie movement and with anti-imperialism, um, anti-war, um, things like that, where today, now, cannabis is associated with an industry where people are giving money to buy cannabis and taxes from that money are being used to fight more wars and kill more people around the world. So contributing to this, to this system of legal cannabis in the long run is contributing to killing people in third world countries. And you know, it's, it, it's the same way as they say, oh, well, if we legalize cannabis then the cartel, you know, is not gonna, is gonna be less strong. You know, there's going to be less terrorists dealing with cannabis, you know, if, if we legalize it. <clears throat> and, um, excuse me. <clears throat> right. And so we kind of have our own cartel. We have a government cartel. 
and they get to do whatever they want. Uh, we don't get to pick where they fight, who they fight with, um, or what they fight over. And when you look into this, these kind of um, things, it's often over resources, which are for corporations, you know? And so a lot of the um, stuff you'll hear in interviews and talks with me is the same words over and over and over. Corporations, you know, benefiting while the people don't. Well, at the, at the so for me, I have to talk about everything that I can and try to bring people up to the awareness level that I'm at because morally I find it reprehensible to solely profit off this plant while not talking about these things or giving tax money um, to, conti to continue the war on drugs, to continue the war on terror, to continue any war, to continue, um, you know, taxes contribute to continuing the system of prisons. Um, the the school education to prison pipeline. Um, so ideally, I guess, to bring it home is what I fight for and when it comes to cannabis and what I would like to see is a complete repeal of all cannabis laws. So I don't want to make a new law. I don't want to criminalize anybody else. I don't need a 100-page document or a 500-page bill I just want to get all the cannabis bills that make cannabis possession illegal and repeal them because they're crooked and they're wrong and they should never have been made in the first place. Yep. And um, that I won't stop fighting until, until that happens, until we can, until cannabis is treated just like any other plant. Uh, we can go buy the seeds wherever we want. We can plant the seeds wherever we want. We can plant however many seeds we want. We can, do whatever we want with the finished product after our plant is finished growing. Um, and until that happens, I'm going to continue. I'm going to be continue fighting for this. Heck yeah, me too. That's us too. That's us. I'm, I'm all in too, you know, um, what else did I want to ask you? I thought there was something else, but, um, oh my God, you just like told us so much. I know. <laughs> I, I, I can talk about it a lot. I tried to not get so political. No, you're good. I mean, you're great. You, I mean, you hit everything that I wanted to talk about. You hit about um, the Rick and Me, and you were releasing it to the film festivals. Um, like I said, he has um, a YouTube channel. How can people find you, Mike? <laughs> um, the, the best way is where I started, um, which is on Facebook. And, and when I did start kind of making my pages, I was doing a, actually a radio show in Colorado Springs. I was on the FM radio and um, I was on a station called Blazing FM and I was actually too political and, and I wasn't even political, but I was just talking about patients and I was pushing it too much that I had to leave there. And so from there, I went to online platform. And Facebook was kind of the main place. And so um, Facebook, I'm all over. Just look for the Mike Wise show. Um, and But now I've kind of diversified my bonds, like Wu-Tang says. Uh, <laughs> I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Instagram. Um, all under Mike Wise or Mike Wise show. Um, I feel like I'm missing. I'm leaving something out. Twitter, 
Um, but the best way to get a hold of me, honestly, is um, is on Facebook. That's where I respond the quickest. And then kind of one of the main things I've I've been known for and pushing when it comes to cannabis activism is for actually providing access. That's another huge thing um, that I stopped when I stopped going to politicians and begging for them to provide access. And I just started providing access myself to patients. So I try to keep it as affordable as I can since I started, the price hasn't changed. Um, but as of like a month ago, I had to raise raise it like, I don't know, $2 per gram or something, 250 per gram, um, because the materials are getting outrageous with this whole coronavirus thing, yeah. um, which I'm not, <laughs> I'm pretty upset about, but um, I try to provide it for the, the, the cheapest price possible. I provide it to any place pot uh, in the in the world so um any country any state it does not matter um if you know somebody and they're sick and they need, they want this oil i can get it to them and so my website for that is oglabsgenetics.com and um i just tell people that if they really need it super quick they can order it from there i have no employees it's kind of just like a a way for me to keep track of orders the website is um so I can know you need it and make it and send it super quick. Oftentimes um, send it out even before I'd be able to answer your message. If you asked me something on Facebook, but um, I try to be available. I've never charged anyone for answering, you know, advice or anything. Um, and I just try to make myself as available as I can. It's, been overwhelming at times but it's it's rewarding and um i i do like helping people so um you're as much as i can be of help i try to you're great at it <laughs> thanks <laughs> okay so i have um some ladies in here with me if, i don't know if you can see them if you're on a laptop if you're on, or if you're on your phone i'm just on my phone maybe if i slide right yeah if you slide over you'll see a oh, whole cool. bunch yeah, of yeah. okay so these are my zoom room ladies and hey. they're, they're all waving at you. They're amazing. You, they all have stories. They're all warriors. They're all badasses too. Um, so Bobby, if you can let them in, um, I want to see if any of them have any questions before you. We won't keep you because I know everybody it's crazy. I just unmuted everybody. They've been yeah. here the whole time. Well, everybody, this is Mike. Mike, this is everyone. <laughs> hey. Bye. Mike. Nice to meet you. So we'll start off one at a time. I don't know, um, Christy. Do you have any questions for Mike? Well, I'm I'm new to cannabis for the last couple of years, and I honestly have never heard of you until now. And you have an amazing story, so I just want to tell you that. And I did start following you Thank today. You. So um, anyhow, it was nice to meet you. Well, there's a there's. I have to do all my promotion myself. Um, none of the big magazines, um, none of the publication companies will, will cover my story. They all know me. Uh, oftentimes I've smoked with them personally at, at events, but um, there's this whole thing. I, since I preach so much about self-reliance and doing this yourself and taking the medicine into your own hands and growing it yourself, um, I'm often shunned from these places they don't want this kind of message to get out there. Such bullshit. But I appreciate the support. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Lisa, do you have a question, any questions for Mike? Uh, 
since you're new to the FICO and you're dosing? You know? I actually do because I, ha as you, some of you know, I do grow a few at home. But I'd like to know how easy is the process to take the plant matter and and make it into RSO? It's actually um, very simple. Um, and just like anything else, you can overcomplicate it if you want. Um, I have a video that teaches this, the, the simplest process I can describe um, out there. And I know other people who kind of take it a step further and do different things, um, which I really don't recommend. It's just extra stuff that you don't need to do. Um, the one thing I will mention is that it's very important when you do this process to do this in a well-ventilated area and to use a fan. Um, I actually blew myself up once um, and I'm a professional, you know. Um, right. I did it, you know, right. two years ago or something. Um, so it, there's an explosion risk if done improperly. Other than that, it's simple. It's really simple process. Um, it just really involves getting the buds, grinding them up, washing them off with a solvent and taking off kind of the, the trichomes, uh, the essential oils, um, the cannabinoids, um, and then just boiling off the solvent and all you're left with is an oil. Um, that's just pure cannabinoids and uh, you know flavonoids, terpenoids, this plant matter. Okay, like and minutes. when when starting off, uh, I, it was recommended to start at a half of rice grain of rice starting, and then increase every four days uh, until you find your level. But I have found that it took quite a few grains of rice to work for me, and I'm doing a one to one. So and and coming off of pharmaceuticals, narcotics, benzos, and, and such. And I just also started uh, putting some of that into a vegetable capsule for daytime dosing while I'm at work. So for somebody who has a tolerance like me, I've been smoking for years, but new to FICO and new to coming off of pharmaceuticals. When do you know you really get to your range? And how often should you dose? <coughs> Uh, that's actually a good question, and um, for everybody, it's different. It, it varies, but um, not significantly. Um, for me, where I really felt where I was kind of in the magical place was on being on one gram per day. Um, of course, I was doing high THC, um, so the, C, the CBD isn't really prevalent. It's maybe only 1% CBD in the oil. If you have a one-to-one, -one, you won't. Mm -hmm. Um, feel the high as much um, so um, what are you trying to treat by the way I have chronic pain I have migraines um, I'm post-cancer and reconstruction and have uh, spasms and pain and limitations physical limitations as a result of that as well as some other um, significant orthopedic issues that I deal with on a daily basis, like you and me. It, it's right. rotten to the core, and I'm on my last string with it, but just, you know, trying to manage. Well, what should happen is um, the more you take the oil, the cannabis oil, the less you should feel the need for the pharmaceuticals until eventually you can be completely off of them. And at that point, 
you'll at that point you'll know the answer to your question because um okay. it's the the weirdest thing that i noticed in doing this personally is that your body kind of starts talking to you and it's not like it's a metaphor your body kind of starts telling you more about what you need what to avoid um and so it will kind of self-regulate itself um okay, Mike, and you'll kind of find your dose that way okay thank you thank you no problem hey i have a question from facebook um sure. it says okay so robert wants to know can you still do this with a solventless water bag uh you can make a similar oil but not the same thing and okay. so um a lot of the times um what i recommend in this case with um this kind of i believe he's talking about um a water hash which is really good to smoke is to um keep those as smokables and to um if only if you're treating a terminal condition if you're treating something that's not serious you can go ahead and try to to use um uh, oil or hash made from ice bags and that's not a problem but if you're treating a terminal condition i can only say in my experience that it's important to use a full spectrum oil that's high in thc um, made with the solvent preferably the strongest one you can find like um everclear or um ethanol okay well thank you mike that was amazing <laughs> no problem. all right heather do you have any questions for mike I don't have any questions. I've been following him for a while, though. I first heard your name um, in the world of epilepsy. Um, that's when I first started following you. Um, and I've watched Mike and Me, and it was fabulous. I loved it. And then I've learned a lot more since coming to Tanya. Oh, it's May. nice to meet you, Heather. Nice to meet you. All right, jo All right, Olivia, your turn. Do you have any questions for Mike? She's my questioner. Of course I do. <laughs> okay, so when it comes to Lyme, um, do you have a lot of experience working with patients with Lyme disease? Because that's my problem. I think Christy's problem as well. Um, pretty sure Tanya, pretty sure that's where her problems stem from. Um, my daughter, my oldest daughter, she has it. She has seizures with her Lyme. Um, so I'm just kind of curious, like, what's your experience with dealing with Lyme disease patients with, like, the RSO oils and um, any success stories for them? Um, I do have, I do have a success story. I can't recall the specific uh, name of the patient, um, which I wouldn't give anyways, but um, Lyme is actually in my experience been one of the hardest um diseases if not the hardest disease to treat um with cannabis oil and i can't speak with about it as as much as i would like to from coming from the perspective of having it personally if i had it personally i might be able to provide more of an insight um but it seems to be that the hardest um, problem with the oil is that it um, causes and it I wouldn't say that it causes but that with uh, patients who have Lyme disease that they they have this um, this thing who viewers who are watching might not have heard of called herxing and um, 
Yes, her type of reactions. Those can be very nasty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's kind very, of like very nasty. maybe you can give a better description than I can, but kind of like the body's way of reacting it's a, to it's a the disease reaction. coming out of you, maybe. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's the bacteria. Some, when the bacteria tends to die off at such a rapid rate it's what causes that Herxheimer and your body. It's just, it's like an overload of toxins being dumped off in your body all at once. I understand that's incredibly painful. It can be very, very painful. It can be very debilitating. Um, it can last for hours. It can last days to weeks even sometimes. Um, that's crazy. So that's why a lot of people even kind of back off on treatment with Lyme because sometimes the Herxing is so bad and, and it can be dangerous if not monitored too I've and I've had that um with a patient that um after the they got to the herxing part um of taking the oil that they didn't want to do it no more I've also had the success story was the one who was able to kind of get through the herx herxing stage and now it's not a problem um actually one of the first patients I ever had was the Lyme patient and she couldn't she was like in a wheelchair and I was in a second story apartment and by the time I left she was walking up those stairs um just a few months later um of being on the oil um, so um I guess my next question would be for somebody with chronic Lyme late stage Lyme like how long for, okay so your success story how long did this person treat and with like how much daily do you recall I've known of several people, and I don't know of how much daily. I also know that both well, one of them was doing a significant amount of other things. Um, really different. There different was a like a wave machine. Um, right, right, right. Yes, this. Um, so cannabis oil that. Um, That's what I do. And, Christy um, has a rice. Yeah. I just <laughs> for the Lyme and I get a lot of herxing <laughs> side wow. to back yeah can you explain what a um what a rife machine is um it's kind of like a frequency generator kind of I'm not really good at explaining it but it uses frequencies to heal you and the one I use it's got a weird name it's called the spooky two and you can go to spooky2.com and read about it, but um, they have these programs where you can run, there's a whole light Lyme series that I'm running. Um, it's taken me a couple years to get through it. It's that hard on me, but um, they have ones for all kinds of stuff, cancers and everything. And it's pretty amazing when you go and read all the forums and stuff for, for the Rife machine and how much it's healed people. Um, I really politics behind it too. Well, yes, and because it's kind of runs along the lines of our pharmaceuticals and, and cannabis, and you know, it's healing, so they just squash it and, and try to get rid of it, just like cannabis. So it's the same kind of thing. So it is a really cool, and I am not good at explaining it at all. <laughs> you did great, you did that made sense to me. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Olivia, anything else for Mike? Um, no, I'm just, I'm just glad, though, to hear that there's some success stories because I've, you know, and like a, a lot of other patients, like we're, I'm just at my wit's end. You know, I've, I've tried the pharmaceuticals. Um, I wanted to go further with some of the antibiotics, but, of course, insurance was like, no. 
can pay for that out of your pocket, but it's going to cost you two grand a week. <laughs> okay, like I don't have that laid around. So <laughs> I'm doing if all you ask me, If you ask me, I'm more times than not going to say to not do pharmaceuticals and to this. Oh, I'm done. I, 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 do I, I'm done. I weaned myself off of all pharmaceuticals about a year and a half ago, and I've just been going alternative all the way since then. So herbs cannabis yeah. different things you know just not cannabis CBD, we lots lot of CBD. herbs in here um herbs and different things and coconut oils and alkaline in our water we talk about gut health how so, important yeah. gut health exactly. is gut health is, your gut is your second brain so if you're if you're eating shitty foods if you're putting shitty stuff in your diet you know you're not going to feel good period you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So you gotta heal that gut. You gotta get cannabis into your gut for the healing. Yeah, you can smoke all day long if you want. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem with people smoking all day, but you gotta get it internal too. You know, that's when the healing takes takes place. You know, smoking symptom control. You know, it's quick. It's it hits you now. You know what I mean? But you really need to ingest or suppositories or you know, um, we talk about everything in here. Um, I'm new to the suppository. Those things work. They I do. <laughs> I was like, whoa, suppository for the win. Team suppository. Yeah. <laughs> we need to take more. <laughs> I did a radio show where I actually did my first one ever on, live on the on live nice. radio and TV. <laughs> That's, That's good, Mike. That's great. Um, it probably would have got better if I had a medical professional there to take me through the process, but um, I, I, it was successful on the first attempt, so. That's Oh my gosh, that's funny, guys. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about before he leaves us? Um, so... You're a world traveler. You've been everywhere. Um, Trying to go to more places, too. Yeah, Mike's definitely a world traveler. Um, uh, we talked about he's an activist and a filmmaker, does documentaries, the Mike Wise Show, OG Laboratories, all his great little things everybody can find him at. He's my... <laughs> I know, I drive you nuts, Mike, but... I'm going to check out OG Laboratories for some... Um... Eco. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Olivia's on the right now. And I saw something. I was uh, scoping out your page earlier, and I saw this saying on there, and I loved it. And I want to just hit it with you and see what you guys think about it. Okay, it said that you had a thing on there, and it said, everybody think about this. Freedom doesn't exist as long as nature is illegal. That's right. That's absolutely 100% right. Word. Yep. And I, will say, I, will, I will say, I think that's a little paraphrase from Matt Kell uh, in Colorado. Okay. But it's so true. Matt, yep. I love that. Uh, you know, that's the truth. Yeah. And, you know, and oh, I, what else? Let's see. Um. Okay, so what advice do you have for us people, us patients over here in the States? Like me, for example, I'll use me for an example. Uh, Heather, Olivia, we all live in Ohio. Ohio is a shit show, Mike, as you probably well know. 
Yeah, that's um, where Glenn and Peggy are. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, what advice do you give us? What should we do as patients, as advocates? What do you think is going to make our voices the strongest? Like, what do we need to do over here? Like, they, nobody listens. Nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, it's tough because I, I personally left the realm of trying to be in the public light um, for cannabis because, you know, money talks. And um, we patients don't have the money um, for the advertisements and the magazines and the TV commercials um, and the lobbyists um, to get what we want, you know? Um, if you really look at the best laws that were passed in the U.S. regarding cannabis, oftentimes they were um, referendums. So they were kind of put forth by the public and the public got to vote on it. They weren't created by politicians and the politicians voted on it. Um, and then you see as soon as these referendums pass, the next week politicians are coming in and corporations are coming in trying to figure out which laws to take away and how to restrict it further and take a, what you know, backtrack on what the people just got in. Um, so, so I guess to answer your question, there's two ways to kind of think about it. There's kind of like the patient advocate way, and then there's like full out activist way. And so if you're a patient and you have like a serious condition, I really recommend to grow, you know, or do whatever you can to, to make sure that you're taken care of first and foremost. And so, um, you know, if your disease is not in check, it, it doesn't make no sense to be out there putting yourself in harm's way, and then you can get arrested and go to jail and, and even have le even less access to cannabis um, as a medication. So as a patient advocate, it's kind of okay to stay home, grow your stuff, keep it a secret, don't tell anybody, have a Facebook profile that's a, a, a different name with a, a different picture and kind of do your advocating and your speaking that way. Um, that's totally cool. Um, if you can afford to risk going to jail, then all sorts of things come into play. <laughs> and I know that sounded funny, but I mean, when you're an activist and you're protesting, you you're risking going to jail that's that's what it comes down to so um there's all sorts of like publicity stunts you can do um the, the probably the best thing i would recommend is organizing your community um and you can kind of use that as a base to start a national movement if you like or or um you know a statewide movement or but um, what we did that had a pretty good amount of success in Colorado Springs was we formed kind of a, a loose coalition of patients under, um, you know, a, a, a nonprofit. Um, of course, we didn't have the, in the beginning, we didn't have the nonprofit established and all of that. But um, we got people together. We had meetings monthly, weekly. Um, free events we had a kind of a cannabis club so that was a great place for us to socialize in ohio obviously you don't have that benefit so maybe this meeting at someone's house um and just trying to trying to organize a core of a core group of people who will help you guys 
accomplish whatever goals you want to accomplish. So um, if you have a good group of six to eight people, you can have kind of, traditionally they make it in like a vice president, a treasurer, a secretary and this kind of uh, structure. But um, a lot of the movements in the past that have had success, you know, oftentimes I look to the civil rights movement in the 60s, even though most of those rights, including the voting rights, act have been completely, you know, demolished today. But um, they had a lot of success at the time with organizing. And it wasn't just Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. There was the NAACP, there was SNCC, there was L uh, SCLC, Southern Christian Leadership Council, um, SNCC, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, um, NAACP, National Advancement, the Association of Colored People, CORE, the Congress for Ra of Racial Equality. Um, you know, there was the sleeping, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. There was uh, tons and tons of organizations and these organizations each had their core, you know, members and their, their core ideologies and their core um, legislation, if you will, that they wanted to pass. And then what they did is all come together and unite under one banner of, you know, kind of workers' rights, poor people's rights, um, civil rights. And this was, uh, this was, you know, at this point, the national media could no longer look away. And so um, in Colorado Springs, we did these events, we would have kind of, um, we would try to brainstorm, kind of have like a brain trust, if you will, at some of these meetings, and try to come up with um, publicity stunts, um, something that could get the attention of the media and then of course um, call the media you call the media you know before and you let them know hey we're going to be doing this at this time we're going to be having a protest here we're going to be doing whatever here we're going to a die-in a bunch of people who just go to the capitol and lie down on the floor and, and pretend they're dead because you know they can't access legal cannabis um there's um all sorts of things you can do once you set your mind to it, have people to help you and have a detailed kind of idea of what you want to do. That's like, um, we are um, the ladies for change here, the ladies that you see here, um, we are a part of the walk for change. I don't know if you've heard of that yet. Um, Bobby, are you in here? I heard about it with Peter. Yeah. So, Bobby, okay, so Bobby, I don't know the dates and everything, but so can you tell everybody like the dates, like every, like the plan? Have you got anything else figured out about the walk yet? Yeah, so we've been working on it, of course, and um, from the standpoint for the Walk for Change, uh, the, the next virtual town hall, because we're, we're doing things virtually at the moment, is July 25th at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And, and we had, we've already, this will be our second one. We had one on the 20th of June, which was the original walk date. Um, the idea for the walk of change is to essentially empower people for human rights violations. Uh, and we, we, have a, we have a significant platform. Ending cannabis prohibition is number one. Uh, we, are, we are liberty based. Mike, you're preaching to the choir and, and some, most of the things, or actually all the things you just said, relative to repeal and, and empowering communities. The, the new date for the walk is now February 3rd, 2021, as, as opposed to uh, anything in the fall, just because of the COVID protocols that we're dealing with. 
so we're looking to, we picked that date because of, of uh, it has historical significance when it comes to protesting. And of course, we're doing it with, with an, a repeal agenda and, and uh, policy directives and, and legislation agendas as well uh, in order to, you know, advance the causes, you know, and we're covering, as I mentioned, uh, ending cannabis prohibition, uh, access, uh, dealing with police brutality, veterans care, things like that. You know, you mentioned Matt Call, of course. Uh, I'm a veteran myself, and and uh, I have a long relationship with Matt, and, and and you know, and of course Mike and I have known each other virtually for for a while. Um, the 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 issues that Mike brings up is, is dynamite, uh, without a doubt, uh, which is the approach. You know, we, we don't we don't need to have any more criminalization going on relative to getting people access to the plant. And, and, you know, my, my position has always been is that the plant is a turnip, basically. It, it, it's yeah. just a turnip. You know, it's a, if I want to grow it in my yard or if I don't want to grow it in my yard, you know, from the standpoint of liberty, that's how it should be. Uh, but it is about access. And, and you know, we all know, the, we all know the history, so I don't need to get into, it, into that. But uh, that's a little rundown on the walk, Mike. And, and, of course, always great to be involved with anything that you're doing. Yeah. That was exciting, yeah, so Mike, if you want to... Well, Mike's going to be walking. He just doesn't know it yet. Or maybe he knows it now. <laughs> yeah, Mike's over there where he's at for us, with us. Yeah, sounds like a good idea. I have to be scootering or something because of my bad knee. Oh, yeah, he has to scoot. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. horses are loud. Can I wait skate for change? Yes, you, you can. Know, whatever works, you know, it, it, it's... It's, uh, it's okay. and, uh, it can be it can be 500 feet or it can be 500 miles. You know the deal is everybody's doing it together and uh, and uh, you know we 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 got, we we got all kinds of plans for that. Uh, Becca Nichols is running the logistics along with uh, Ian Dowell and got a nice team. And, you know and, and ladies for change, as they say, they're all part of it as well. So yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you, you can wake skate for change. That's awesome. That'll oh, be amazing. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's, yeah. That's a new hashtag right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Win for change. That's right. Yeah, I'm we'll, definitely down for that. We'll be throwing that up now. Wake skate for change. There you go. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute honor for you Thank to come you. on here with us. You know, Thank I, you. I love you so very Thank much. Thank you. I look up to you. I look up to everything that you do. I know I'm a pain in your ass sometimes, messaging you. We love you anyway, Tanya. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm everybody's pain in the ass, so. Mike, you're amazing. I hope you'll come back. Yes, definitely yeah, come back to. anytime. Anytime, Mike, please, anytime you want to tell us anything, if you want to get with us and tell the world whatever, you just tell me and you're on, no matter what. I'm open to that. Um, I now I, I didn't have data for so long, and it was hard being trying to establish myself in a, thousands of miles away from everyone I know and everything I know and all business I did and everything. Um, but now I'm finally finally feeling like I got kind of a home for now um so I can I have data all the time I can do this no problem Yay. well thank you ladies and thank you Mike and thank you everybody on Facebook um I'll go back through we can look at the questions I'll go back through and look at the questions um I want you guys to all have a great Friday night uh, medicate well have a great weekend. And ladies, I will see you on Sunday for ladies night. 
Yes. And thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Mike. You're amazing. <laughs> Bye, Christy. Bye. <laughs> Have a good weekend. <laughs> Bye, Mike. Bye, Bobby. Bye, Facebook. See you Sunday. <laughs>